3: And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky back with you. Buck, how you doing, man? Man, I'm good.
5: DJ, it is good. We had a chance to watch that exciting Monday night football game. I'm sure we'll discuss (laughs) (laughs) the Miami Dolphins and the New Orleans Saints. uh, Trying to catch up from a crazy weekend when it comes to just looking at these teams. The, The league is bananas. Like I know, we made a concerted effort to push for more parity, and and all of that. Yeah. I I think is probably as crazy as I've seen it in my time in terms of just the volatility, in terms of week to week, not knowing who's going to win games or not. So I think yeah, we no. certainly have to talk about
0: that. No, I think it's kind of fascinating, and we're going to get to uh, we're going to get to that game between the Saints and the Dolphins in a little bit. We're going to also uh, take a sneak peek at the college football playoff games, kind of preview those a little bit. And we want to talk about a marriage, a potential marriage between a coach and a team um, that I think is pretty fascinating. Um, So we'll get there in just a moment. I do want to mention at the top, though, Buck, we did a segment yesterday on the show about Matt Rule and about the importance Mm -hmm. of the college game, uh, Mm -hmm. the difference between the college game and the NFL game. Quarterback, obviously, it's got to have it. It's a quarterback league in the NFL. I got a text from one of our mutual friends, uh, one of the most respected coaches in college football, who said, I listened to the episode and spot on, like that is 100% true. That's the major difference between the college game and the NFL game. So it always makes you feel good when you know the uh, you know, the smart folks out there are listening.
5: Yeah, no, I, I, I do think it's great, and I think it's um, I think it's a fascinating time for NFL coach and college coaches because I feel like now because of the money that's being thrown around, that the the patience is different uh, when it comes to doing uh, a rebuild. And I think for Matt Rule, I think he's done a really solid job of kind of doing what I call the patient rebuild. Like he drafted all defensive players that first draft, quickly got the defense kind of up to speed. Offensively, he felt like he had a solid cast in place. He added some free agents, Robbie Anderson coming over. He had Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore was there, and they've grown up. The offensive line needs some retooling, but the missing piece, man, has been the quarterback. And I give him credit because he's tried to throw different resources at it. He went and tried to do the Teddy Bridgewater thing as a bridge. He thought that would be connected. You know, his connection with Joe Brady would help them kind of jumpstart it. That didn't work out. They didn't make a trade to go and get Sam Darnold, a young quarterback who was um, highly regarded when he was coming out of USC. They tried to put him in the mix, and it didn't necessarily work out. They dug into the, the legends of the past, brought the icon <laughs> back, um, and Cam Newton, and that hasn't worked out. And so now you're talking about a franchise who, I still look at this roster and believe there's talent enough where they should be a viable playoff contender. Not saying that they should be in the playoffs, but they should be right at that line where they're a a six, seven seed or just on the way out, and they haven't been able to do it. And the number one reason has been because the quarterback has not popped. Mm -hmm. And as we talked about on yesterday's show, in this league, in the NFL, if you don't have a quarterback, a high end quarterback, you're hard pressed to be able to get it done at a high level in the postseason or getting to the playoffs. It's the dividing line between whether you have a guy or not
0: mm-hmm. like the
5: guys who are going to be in the playoffs are guys who typically have guys. The ones who don't, you may be a seven seed, but look, it's going to be a short stint because watching Josh Allen say, OK, Mac Jones, I'm going to take this. over. I got this. <laughs> I'll take this over. Pat Mahomes, the way Pat Mahomes has quietly played the last three games. Okay, I'll take this over. You have to have one of those guys. It's the difference between – it's so funny because I'm sure you read this book a long time ago, but I'm finishing up Good to Great yeah, right by Jim it's Collins. Book. It's like the book that everyone talks about or whatever, and, and it's all these different principles, but it's trying to find the incremental things and how you can do it. And I feel like in the league, to go from good to great, you better have an A-level quarterback. You can be good. But you won't be great without one. And, and I think what Matt Ryan – Matt Rule is quickly discovering without an A-level quarterback, man, you can't be great in this league.
0: All right, so I'm going to go a little bit off the script here. We're going to get to this game. We'll, we'll get to the Saints-Dolphins, but it's kind of a boring game, let's be honest, Buck. So I got another, yeah, it, another it topic great. I wanted to hit you on while I'm kind of thinking about this. I jotted these down. So if you got a pen or whatever, if you can if you can write these down, <clears throat> these are the jobs that I've got potentially coming open from a head coaching standpoint, okay? Jacksonville already open right uh the Raiders you know we'll see if uh, if they get in the playoffs maybe Basataccia sticks around but uh, let's say that one's going to be open I think Denver has a real shot of being open you've got Chicago you've got you know we've talked about Seattle maybe that's to turn of the page I know Pete Carroll came out and said the other day it shouldn't be it should be a retooling not a rebuilding And then I wrote down Minnesota, you know, as kind of an Mm underachieving team this year with what the expectations were. So that's one, two, three, four, five. That's six jobs, which is probably about what we normally Mm -hmm. see, usually a surprise in there somewhere. But it's unique because Jacksonville and Chicago, you've got quarterbacks that are going into their second season in Lawrence and field. Now, neither one of them have kind of played up to Mm -hmm. what you hope they were going to be, but. I don't think there's any denying the talent that, it, that exists there. So those are unique jobs. Then you've got the fact with, uh, you know, what to do in Seattle, you know, what happens with Russ going forward there. That makes that a fascinating job. Denver has everything, but the quarterback, um, mm-hmm. you know, so that, that's a, a fascinating opportunity. Um, and then you've got Minnesota with, you know, kind of, are they kind of stuck in limbo right now um, with where they are and do you go forward with Kirk cousins? Um, or are you starting to look to the future there as well? So, I think those jobs are kind of fascinating in, in terms of the ones that, that could pop. Is there one in that mix if you were the um, you know, say you're mm. the Kellen Moore or whoever is going to emerge as the as the guy in this hiring cycle? Let's just say Kellen Moore. If you're Kellen Moore, which one of those would you want? Jeez. It's tough, right? Because the ones that have a quarterback,
5: they have issues around it, right? So or work backwards. So naturally, if you think about the best quarterback, the best quarterback in that mix is Russell Wilson because we've seen yeah. him play at a high level. The problem is I don't know how quickly you can fix the rest of the team around him. I mean, I like some of the, the weapons and those things, but I don't know if that is it. I mean, I feel like it's a it's an upgrade. you got to upgrade the personnel yeah. while trying to play with the pieces that you have, and I'm not in love with some of the pieces, particularly on the line of scrimmage. Um, the Broncos are – more appealing after that, but can I get a quarterback? Yeah, like can yeah, I, I mean, find a quarterback? Can I find one to get over the top? That's that's the thing. Because otherwise, I would take the Broncos because I feel like their defense and the way that they can play, running game, a lot of players, weapons, there's a lot of players. But it's the piece. Yeah. It's the thing. I got. I
0: got You're I in got a division. Brownie. You're in a division with two premier, premier quarterbacks. Right.
5: I got the brownie but the store is out of ice cream. Yeah. I can't <laughs> put the I can't put other mold. I got, I got the mm. foot brownie, but I need the vanilla ice cream and I can't find the ice cream right now. And when we look and survey the quarterback class, I don't know if one of the 2022 quarterbacks can get us to that place right away. I look at the marketplace, unless I can just, I mean, give up everything to get Deshaun Watson and his situation isn't messy. That's it.
0: Yeah. That's
5: the only way. If I do that, if I take that job and I'm like, hey, I want we got to do whatever we can to get the quarterback. Whatever that looks like, we got to go all in. Because I think they are a team that could kind of do what the Rams did. They may be able to go a year or two without a number one pick and be okay yeah. if they get him. Because I think the rest of the roster is pretty solid. I can't say the same thing about the rest of those teams.
0: Yeah, well, then that's also going to open up the conversation of you know Deshaun Watson has that no trade clause, and he seems to be you know hell bent on going to Miami, who we're going to get to in just a moment here. Um, but if he would relent on that, man, if I'm if I'm the uh, if I'm the Denver Broncos, that's three ones easy. I'll give you I'll give you three ones for him with the team that they have. You throw in yeah. a quarterback in his prime like that, a top five quarterback, and they're cooking with gas if that happens.
5: Yeah, they could win gas. And everyone likes to take shots at the Rams, and they'll take shots at them if they don't if they don't win the whole thing. But I can't knock them for their star-driven approach. They're getting like, in the I tournament every I year. Knock them. <laughs> I can't I can't knock them. And you know what? The only way to win the tournament is to be in the tournament. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and so they figure their part out. You got to give yourself a lottery ticket to get into the dance, and then whatever happens after that happens. Yeah, that's interesting.
0: Yeah. That so, I mean, I, so then I want to get to, and we're going to talk about uh, – these games between Cincinnati, Bama, Georgia, and Michigan. But uh, I want to touch, before we leave this topic, I want to touch on one college coach uh, with an NFL job that I think we've talked about off the air that makes a lot of sense. Uh, We're going to do that right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses.
1: Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Are
7: you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Centiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store.
3: Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year
0: All right, Buck, we've talked about this from a timing standpoint. Jim Harbaugh, the Las Vegas Raiders, you could make that make a lot of sense for all parties involved.
5: I mean, this is a perfect time for it. It makes sense. If you're Jim Harbaugh, you parlayed taking a pay cut and having your contract reduced into a major payday, either at Michigan or being able to flex and go to the National Football League, where you were very successful. at <laughs> 40, 44-19-1, yeah. and one, I think, was his record um, during his tenure with the San Francisco 49ers. The, why, the reason why the Raiders would work, if you go back and you traditionally think about the Raiders and who the Raiders have hired, it was always an offensive uh, coach from an offensive background. You think about Harbaugh coming from a place where he, look, he first started out his coaching career working with the Raiders as an offensive assistant. Uh, You think about someone who can embrace the brand of the Raiders. He absolutely could do it. And in fact, he could probably do it in a way that is very similar to the way that John Gruden embraced it, but in a different style. And if you look at the way the team is presently constructed, he can find a way to win with that team as they're built because he wants to do a couple of different things. If you go back to the formula that has worked for him everywhere that he's been,
0: Mm -hmm.
5: uh, San Diego, Stanford, Niners, Michigan. He's going to line up, man. He's going to run the ball. Mm-hmm. Big physical offensive line, running backs and Josh Jacobs and those guys who can do it. Uh, he has a quarterback already in place in Derek Carr, and I'm sure we've seen what he's been able to do with reclamation projects, what he did with Alex Smith. Uh, and I'm not saying that Derek Carr is where Alex Smith was at the time that he inherited him, but we've seen how he's made it very quarterback friendly. Um, defensively, he has to get a defensive coordinator. But yeah, the Raiders are right there. He's got one. He's got one is. in
0: Michigan with NFL experience, who came from the Ravens. Young guy, who's bright. Young, guy. so I mean, he could take Just, he could take some of those pieces he's got on that Michigan staff right to the NFL.
5: Yeah, and then when you think about going back, um, I think you have to evaluate it in this. It all went right for the, the Wolverines this year. I mean, they knocked it off. They won the Big Ten. They knocked off Ohio State. They're in the playoff. Maybe they win a playoff game. Maybe they win a national championship. At that point, do you drop the mic and? hey, the alum came back. I made it right, like I said. I was.
0: I I I came through on my promise. I was going to get us back on top, and I got I got this program back on top. We've been perennially, you know, solid program since I've been here, and now I've got us to the top of the mountain. We, you know, like you said, we won a Big Ten. We beat Ohio State. We're in the playoff. I did my job. The the program's in great shape now. Give it to the next guy. Job mission accomplished. Hey,
5: take take it from here and. Now that we're beginning to hear what some of these NFL coaches are making, like they're talking about Pete Carroll, maybe making 15 million annually. Yeah. It
0: might be time to cash it in
5: Vegas. No state yeah. tax.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, you know, yeah. that they uh, were able to get out, I believe they got out of the money with Gruden. So, um, you know, they should be ready to go to pay the money. So yeah, that's an interesting one. I think the Harbaugh Raiders thing makes a lot of sense for, for everybody. Um, and I'm not, oh, I'm yeah. not certain on this. i I've, I'm pretty sure that that Mike, that Mayock has a good relationship with the Harbaugh family, I think going back a long time. So I think he's known I them forever. I think so, because he
5: was always close with, with those guys in Baltimore forever. Yeah. Eric Dacosta and John Harbaugh. Um, and maybe that works and maybe it's the connection um, that they need to kind of get it going. Um, it's an interesting move, man. It's an interesting thing because look, of those jobs that you talked about, there's some really interesting ones. And a lot of it, DJ, we talk about the alignment. Being aligned with the general manager is going to be huge, and that comes on the heels of Ian Rappaport talking about Trent Baalke maybe staying with the Jacksonville Jaguars and how that could potentially impact head coaching candidates in terms of those who want to stay and work with someone who is already in the place, those who want to bring their own guy. Um, It's an interesting thing because if you're a prospective head coach, what are you most comfortable operating with? Do you want to bring your own guy? Do you want to have a guy that is already there and you guys kind of work as a partnership, even though you may or may not know each other really well? Yeah. A lot of dynamics to consider. And so that's why the Raiders job is, man, it's really a prime job. One, because we talk about them. They have a quarterback that I think is a winning quarterback. Mm. Um, you can do a lot of things. You, you'd like to think about it, being able to hit the ground running in a league where owners don't have a
0: lot of patience. Might be a great situation, particularly for Harbaugh. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense, man. When you really think about it. Um, all right, let's get to this game last night. I don't want to spend too much time on it. It was such a stinker. I know the Saints are down to their fourth quarterback. Um, Ian Book was in a tough spot. They couldn't protect him at all. He got teed off on. Um, but look, hey, the Miami Dolphins, you can talk about who they've played and the quarterbacks they've played against, whatever. Their wins are their wins, man. They they rattle off seven wins after you know seven <laughs> losses. crazy.
5: Yeah, it is crazy. I'm I'm trying to pull up the this nugget on their defense, right? Because DJ, like um, as a kid, I remember looking at the killer bees and all of that other stuff and uh AJ Dewey and all those guys when they were really good. But I'm looking at since week nine, this is crazy what the rate what the Dolphins are doing. They're only allowing eleven point seven yards per game, holding opponents to like right around 250 yards per game. Third down percentage, they're holding 28%. They also twenty nine percent down in the red zone, and then they're getting four point seven sacks per game. (laughs) I mean, now here is the thing that is showing up when you watch the tape: they have taken this cover zero bluff and bail and come. They have taken it to a new level, and no one has figured it out. Mm -hmm. Like. You have other teams that are doing it, but I don't know if anyone's doing it to the extent that the Miami Dolphins are doing it, where they are lining up and showing you. Um, look, man, we come with plus one pressure, meaning that the amount of blockers that you hold in, it doesn't matter. We're bringing one more. And they're showing it. And for the quarterback, you don't know, are they coming? Are they not coming? And they're playing these cat and mouse games with you, particularly if they can win on first down and get you in these long yard situations. You're having to decipher and diagnose all of this stuff and their secondary is good enough where they can not only cover, but they're great one-on-one tacklers. And so they are putting people in bonds. And so when I look at this team and look at, you know, you talk about the list of quarterbacks that they're playing, those quarterbacks have no chance. No, it takes a veteran quarterback to be able to make them pay. And TJ, I don't know if there's they play Ryan Tannehill and then they Tannehill play Tannehill this Mac week Jones. and then Mac Jones. Yeah, and I don't know if I don't know if Tannehill he can decipher, but I don't know if they have enough weapons on the outside to be able to make them
0: pay. Well, AJ, coming, them AJ like coming back gives him a chance. You saw what, last week, what he can do. Um, yeah, so yeah. That's, that's huge for them. But that's, yeah, I mean, that's, they, they went out, they're in. They've got to beat the Titans, and they've got to beat the Patriots. The Patriots is at home, which Patriots notoriously play terrible down there. Oh, they the play Miami. terrible
5: against them. They always, they always end up typically having some kind of split yeah. in those things. And so what they've done is they found a recipe that works for them. Now, we can flip and go on the other side and look at the, their their offense. I think their their offense is still like a hodgepodge, just spaghetti thrown on the wall. Yeah. But I will say that one thing they've leaned into is a little bit of the running game and the RPO game with Tua. We have said it since the time he came out. He's probably one of the best RPO quarterbacks that we've seen in terms of the ball handling and rhythm. Man, I think he would be a great second baseman or middle yeah. infielder. The way that he is able to kind of put it in his hands and get it out, he can get it out the glove. I'm not mm-hmm. as quick as anybody, but it works. The thing is, I knew they were struggling against the Saints because the Saints play man-to-man. Man-to-man is kind of the kryptonite to the RPO game because you're not really reading a defender. Everyone is locked up. yeah. And so it makes it hard. And we saw Tua have some turnovers. I don't know. Look, at the bottom of that that playoff run, is interesting because, man, Cincinnati needs to knock off Kansas City to solidify themselves. If not... If they lose this week, Cleveland's Cleveland still set wins, up. Cleveland wins How about that that last game goes down to a well,
0: loser. Winner take all. Match. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you
5: that's know, true. and and
0: I mean that'd be interesting. Yeah, that's gonna yeah, be fascinating, be man. I uh, yeah, I felt bad for the Saints, but man, it's just. It's all around the league. These you know, teams are missing so many key players. So we said it. It's not going to be the best teams to get in the playoffs. It's going to be the deepest. And uh, once you get into the tournament, you hope you're healthy with all your key guys and, and go make a run. But, yeah, it wasn't easy on the eyes with that game. Um, look, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about this uh, college football playoff preview here. Cincinnati, Bama, Georgia, Michigan. We're going to do that right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring – Yeah, I, yeah, because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard, he don't care about guarding. He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard like you see him in the exactly. Olympics, he's gonna guard and then on I'll top of it, like that, see that.
6: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Casella. to
2: point game. I remember you came trying to my room crying tears. <laughs> I mean, he was in a culture shock and then he's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember
0: what I told you? I said I said, Oh, G, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs>
1: Wanna bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just wanna stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
7: Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade.
2: Your perfect home, sweet home.
0: All right, Buck, let's start first of all here. Who do you like? Uh, Cincinnati, Bama, Georgia, Michigan.
5: Mm. Cincinnati, Bama, I'm going to go with Bama right out of the gate. Not because of like the David Goliath principle, but I think experiencing these games really, really matters in terms of the preparation because Alabama has been there, because Alabama was there last year and they kind of understand like the nature of the game and all that other stuff, you know, the game should not be too big for them, nor their quarterback. And I think that has a lot to do with winning these games is early in the game. You have to make sure you don't do any of the things that can put you in a position to lose it. And so some of that comes with jitters and the magnitude and understanding the pressure of the moment. Alabama has that. I think for Cincinnati though, Cincinnati for people looking, it sucks that they get the draw against Alabama, but any of the four teams would have been good. But, Cincinnati has a ton of NFL talent,
6: mm-hmm. and that
5: NFL talent is going to be on display. I do believe they benefit last year from playing um, in the Peach Bowl against Georgia. Um, that helped them because for that game, man, they they went toe to toe. And I know Georgia didn't quote unquote have all their guys, but they were in that that game until the very very end. That helped them. Alabama's just a different beast. What I want to see, though, from an evaluation standpoint, I want to see what Desmond Ritter does against Saban's defense. How does he handle some of the, the moving pieces that they may throw at him? Yeah, That'll I go think, a long way to helping me with the evaluation.
0: See, I think their defense is going to keep the score down. I think Cincinnati's defense is going to be able to match up with Alabama. I think Mechie being out, <clears throat> taking that second big-time weapon out of the mix, they can match up. Throw Sauce Gardner out there rock and roll. Um, and they've got two good corners. They've got a pass oh, rusher. Yeah. They've got a lot of pieces in place. And you mentioned it. They went, they played Georgia last year. They beat Notre mm-hmm. Dame this year. Like, these are real teams with real dudes. Like, they've been on the field with those guys and know that they belong. My my thing, the reason why I'll go Bama is I just don't know if Cincinnati's going to be able to block Bama. You know, that that to me is that's the difference in this game. But I think they keep the score down.
5: No, I think they can keep the score down. And the thing about Bama, and we, we've talked about this, and this comes from Saban. I don't know if you had that pro day when Taven was talking about boxing and heavyweights and middleweights and all that. Mm. That that blow, like Notre Dame is one thing, right? But we've seen Notre Dame go against Alabama. And Brian Kelly has told us, like, it's a different punch that you yeah. get from Alabama than you get from other teams. I just want to know how they're going to handle that punch early when Bama kind of hits them because we saw years ago, you remember, man, you remember how physical that game was when they played against Deshaun Watson and those guys? Oh, yeah. And Ruben Foster and those guys tried to absolutely decapitate. John Watson, yeah. like that that blow that physicality is real and i just want to see how does how does cincinnati handle when they get hit in the face can they kind of wince and kind of walk through that fire and keep fighting or does it kind of stun them and make them back up and retreat a little bit mm-hmm. that'd be the key to the game early how do they handle bama's physicality on the big stage because if they handle it you're right they can keep the score down but you got to handle that first quarter. They got to be yeah. able to hang in the first quarter.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's going to be key. So we both like Alabama on that, but maybe the score a little bit lower than you think. This is the fun one: Georgia, Michigan. Um, you know, Georgia's defense is so loaded. But I think the key, the key in the Alabama game, when you go back and watch that one, is Alabama went tempo. They gassed them out. You know, Georgia ro- rotates so many guys. They roll th- so many dudes through on defense. Mm-hmm. They haven't played many competitive games this year. They kept them on the field. And they kept some of those big guys out there and gassed them out with tempo. And I don't know that Michigan really plays that way. You know, I think they'd be wise to pick that up and play that way. But that that's what kind of worries me in this one for Michigan.
5: Yeah, that would worry me. I, I would be worried in that regard. And I feel like these are teams that, I mean, they're, they're carbon copies in terms of how they want to play. They want to beat you up, man. They want to take you in the deep water, and they want to kind of drown you out after punishing you with a bunch of body blows, and and that stuff. Um, Michigan has changed the tempo some. I've seen them get creative with the offense and, and going side to side. I still think it's a little difference in the speed that they'll be facing from Georgia's defense. So then, in my, in my estimation, the game comes down to the quarterback, Stetson Bennett. How does he perform? Because Michigan's defense is rock solid. Yeah. It lights out. How does Stetson Bennett perform? Because it's going to come down to his ability to make plays because I, I I believe Michigan will be able to throttle the running game and they'll be able to put it on the quarterback's shoulders. How does he handle it? And I guess the same thing could be said for Kay Mc- McNamara. I mm-hmm. just gave McNamara handles the same situation. Whichever quarterback plays the best, I think that's the team that wins. I'm leaning towards maybe I'm pulling for I'm pulling for Michigan to win because I would like to see Michigan get to the title game. Yeah. But I think this is a coin
0: flip, man. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think I'll go Georgia, but again, I think it's I think it's a competitive game. We've had lopsided semis. I don't think we get lopsided semis this year. I think these are two uh competitive games. This one particularly should be very competitive. I may maybe Alabama can pull away from Cincinnati at some point in time, but I think Cincinnati keeps that score down. So um I, I'll lean towards Georgia and Alabama and we get a rematch there in the national championship game and um uh, hopefully Georgia shows up. Uh, they just didn't play their best ball against Alabama that last time. But I think for those that don't want to see an all SEC final buck, I'm I think that's where we're headed. Yeah. I mean,
5: look, that, I think the odds would say that that's where we're heading Um, Alabama and Georgia doing it again. Uh, But we'll see. Um, It's a fascinating thing. I will say this, like in watching those teams, it is fascinating to see what all each of those teams, what Kirby smart has done building Georgia up uh, from the time that he took over looking at what Luke fickle has done in Cincinnati and how that program is constructed, what, Jim John has Jim Harbaugh has been able to do at uh, Michigan rebounding from a disappointing effort. That is interesting. I want to bring this up because I heard um, Deion Sanders on Rich Eisen show say this, and we've talked a little bit about team building in the collegiate ranks. He talked about a 40, 40, 20 principle. And I don't know if you heard about that when it comes to, to building a collegiate team. Good so time. it would be 40% grad transfers, mm-hmm. 40% transfer portal 20 okay. percent high school recruits wow
0: he said that's the way that they would build a team what do you interesting. think interesting well i think it's fascinating and i talked to somebody at a power a powerful program like a top 10 program the other day he brought up a similar topic how about this one so that's you're talking about 80 percent of the guys coming outside of the high school ranks and we've talked about high schoolers kind of getting squeezed um, with the with the transfer portal, I think that's pretty evident. Mm-hmm. All these teams or these programs are leaving themselves, you know, double digit spots for for transfer guys, for portal guys. And so I was talking to somebody with a powerful program the other day, and he said, "You know what? I think we could be close. Like the whole model is changing. This whole world is evolving mm-hmm. and changing. So let's say, um, let me just let's give uh, uh, let's let's say Alabama, right? So we'll start mm-hmm. with just because they're the premier program. So Bama." they go to a school um, like Jacksonville state. Okay. That's not far from there. And they go to Jacksonville state and they say, look, we have, we can, we can bring in 25 guys, but we're only going to bring in, you know, 15, we're going to leave 10 spots open for transfer. So that means there's 10 high school kids that would traditionally be in our class that we're not going to take, but I'll tell you what, we're going to send them to you. Those 10 kids, they can go to you. They're going to practice and play with you. Um, we guarantee you, if they go to you, you get them for the full year. We're not going to take them within a year. But then after that year, you know, it's like it's like our, our farm system. We might take we might take three of them. You know, we might take three of those kids and pull them up pull them up to us. But we can give you financial we can give you financial assistance. We can and then obviously you're going to keep some of these kids. And then even when we take three, guess what? There's ten more. We're going to send you the next year. And a it's just like, it's like, sure, yeah, a a <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> okay. you think about those co-op. schools need, those schools need money. So this is a way to give them revenue and money. You're giving them players and then you're kind of just, you're stashing, you're stashing guys. It's like the prep school for, for the Naval Academy. Co-op. Um, gosh, it's not, I- it's not crazy because those kids are going to be sitting there going, what am I going to do? You know, where am I going to, do, do I want to go to well, play it? You know, at, you know, not, no offense, but do I want to go to Akron? Or would I rather just go to Jacksonville State knowing if I handle my business that I can, I'm going to be in Alabama in a year?
5: It, DJ, this is going to change. It's going to change the dynamics, right? It's, it's changing the dynamics of the college game, right? It's not a coincidence. And I, because I started with Dion, it's not a coincidence that you're seeing more HBCUs begin to offer teams like players, yeah. like yeah. Gramlin, Hugh Jackson, uh, just got a kid from Long Beach Poly and some other guys that are entertaining. There's uh, A kid is about to make a visit to FAMU. So what is happening, there are not enough spots for no. the top players. Yeah. And so top players are now having to look at places that they ordinarily wouldn't look and entertain. And so it's two things that are going to happen. Either they're going to start at different places and then look to go up, or they're going to start up and try and find a place down where they can shot. But either way, the elevator is working. One way or the other, either you're going up or down, but it's going to be a more transient experience for a lot of these college players, because look, man, high
0: school high schoolers are not they're not getting unless you're four or five star like the premier guys. Yeah, that's what we're saying. It's not going to affect those guys. It's going to affect the you know, like I think Josh Jacobs was like a three star that Alabama took like I don't and obviously turned out to be a first round pick. But now, I don't know – he probably wasn't one of their top 15 players. He was probably the 21st or 24th guy in their class and ended up being a great may, player. They're not taking they those may not, guys anymore.
5: They may not, they may not take him. And so the recruiting thing changes. And so some of these teams, that never would shoot. So you brought up Akron. Like Akron probably wouldn't shoot at like the three-and-a-half, four-star in yep. the Ohio area. Now they're like, eh, Yeah, we're in the game. Will, we'll send – We'll send some letters. We'll we'll call. Hey, just hang in there. Take my take my card just in case. Yeah. And and I think you are going to see more of that. It's it's still a lot to process and kind of figure out, but yeah, I, I think it's changing. Back to your original point where you talked about Alabama and Jacksonville State. I do wonder when you see some of these teams that have had assistance go other places. Yeah. Think about it in our business at the NFL, like, okay. You leave your spot. Let's just say you're with the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. You then take a job with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, what the, what's the natural tendency? When you scour the take waiver wire, players, whatever, yeah. you end up taking those players because you, there's a fami- familiarity with them. The same thing will begin to happen at those levels. Uh, I think Coach Huff at Marshall was at Alabama. Mm-hmm. That's another place. Hey. It's a feeder Marshall, system. them. Go to March for a little bit, you know, see what it looks like. Hey, maybe come back, maybe don't. Like, mm-hmm. there, there will be some of those things, some of those wink nod agreements. Maybe it's not a bad idea if you get the right support and right background. Because if you're one of those lower level schools or one of those schools that normally wouldn't get an opportunity to get high end talent, maybe yeah. you do take some of those, knowing
0: a hey, may have them for yeah. a couple years. It's- not only can they help you with some of those guys coming in the front door, but like you said, the elevator works both ways. So if you have a great working relationship, Alabama can say, "Look, man, we've got we've got this receiver that's he can play for just about anybody, but we he's not going to play here. He's he's a good player, but we just out recruited him. So, but you you know we have a good relationship. We're going to talk to kids, tell them, hey, you go play to Marshall. It's a you know a similar, similar similar system, similar program, style, the whole yeah. thing. He'll go in there, he'll go in and play right away, and be ready to roll.
5: I, I think that those those things can be in play because. DJ, it's, 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 it's different. And then I wonder what what's the role of JUCOs
0: and all yeah. that other stuff, like how all that stuff is going to be impacted. It's, it's a different landscape. Yeah, it's a different nice. time, definitely, for these high school kids, for sure. Um, all right, anything else you want to add before we get out of here, Buck? No, nah, man, that's good. I think we're looking forward to Thursday's pod. We
5: can probably maybe have some fun. Start really kind of casting our eye towards the draft because we really haven't talked about some of those dudes, some of those notable names, because I saw some of the guys that have pulled out the 2 wide receivers from Ohio State pulled out of the Rose Bowl and started making declarations. We're beginning to get that, so maybe we touch on some of those guys.
0: Yeah, we'll do that. Let's do that on Thursday. Um, All right, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for leaving us a rating review on Apple Podcasts as well. We uh, appreciate all those. Uh, We'll catch you next time Thursday right here on Move the Sticks.